Hello and welcome to the TT Podcast. This is the podcast where we talk to one person from the world of the TT racers to discuss their lives, their journeys, their ambitions and their relationship with the greatest motorsporting event in the world. Steve Plater. Hello, mate. How you doing, mate? Sound to you. Tip top. You got any interesting facts, news, anything going down? Not really, not no. at the moment, no. I was just flat out doing my own thing and trying to put things together and get ready for the season. Busy boy. You looking forward to the TT? Yeah, very much so. Looking forward, in all fairness, to the TT launch. Oh, I can't wait. Do you think they'll they'll have us back? Well, I've heard a rumour. Oh, go on, let me guess. It starts with Matt and ends in Roberts. Hey? He's good though, isn't he? Oh, listen, he is. He's phenomenal. And that's what annoys me the most about him. If he was, well, I don't know if he was rubbish <laughs> at his job, then I'd be even more annoyed. But yeah, hey, listen, yeah. The 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 the, um, the launch last year was fantastic. So hopefully again, we'll have we'll have some more fun. Hey, mate, mate, it'll be good. It'll be good. And there'll be plenty of news there for sure. Definitely. Right, let's talk about today's guest. Well, you know, he's a guy, comes from a big family. Huge family, I didn't realise how big, yeah. No, and he's in fancy colours, so he's got a little bit to live up to, a bit mm-hmm. of pressure on. Had a great 2022, I think, yeah. and there's more to come. This is the question, though. Do you think he's the man that can take it to the virtuals? The answer, yes, I do. I do. He's knocking on the door. I think he's just got to find a little bit of consistency. Uh, the outright pace is there, a little bit of consistency, and I think he'll be there. So here he is, Pete Founds. Pete Founds, come on. Come on down. All right, our next guest. He made his debut at the TT in 1997 as a passenger. Made his... Am I wrong there, Pete? No, no, you're right. All right, good. You were gonna, it looked like you were going to pull me up then on that. <laughs> Let me know, but it wasn't until 2015. I had to think about it yourself, to be fair. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's a while ago, isn't it? <laughs> 2015, you made your debut as a, as a driver... And it's not been the rider, driver? Driver. Driver. Rider, Again, you don't look so confused. Yeah, no, either or. I'm, I'm looking at it. I'm I've looking been at called you. ten times worse, so yeah. Call me uh, let's you call want. you a driver. <laughs> let's call yeah. you a driver. Um, four podiums. Yep. Yeah? I'm, yeah, I'm just nodding here because I haven't got a clue. <laughs> it's that bad. I'm looking to you to make sure that I'm saying everything right. Four podiums and a, a top speed of 118.7-ish. Round about that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll take that. Um Listen, the first question that we always get people on um, when we're uh, we're on this podcast is is that moment, and you've experienced it from both ends of the the car, um, that tap on the shoulder. You roll up to the start line, you get that hand on your shoulder as a as a driver. You can see it as a passenger. What what difference is going through your minds as a driver and a passenger, and what what other sensations are you feeling? Um, I mean, as, as a rider, like you, you, you I, I can't even remember the tap on the shoulder. To be honest, I'm just looking at that, that, that little flag to drop. To yeah. be honest, but yeah, the tap on the shoulder. Like everyone says, oh, that tap on the shoulder. That's practice for me. Tap on the shoulder. Yeah, yeah. But uh, it's a flag, when the flag drops for me, I'm just yeah. like eyes are on the flag. But um, feelings when you come to that is, I'm, I'm, I get really nervous, but nervous about like the the me- mechanical aspect of my bike. Thinking, oh, have really, I, have I done this? Have I tightened that? Have I checked this? Have I? You know, is this going to hold? Is this going to last? You know, have I pushed done too many miles on the engine? You know, and it's all them things going through my head. So, uh, but as soon as you get down, as soon as you, you you're clicking into gear and you're away, it's your mind's clear and you're thinking, right, how quick am I getting around Quarterbridge? Yeah, you know, but so. though, I guess I like to hope that they're irrational thoughts because 
you've already prepped all that and you've done all that prior to, to rolling up, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. yeah it's just, it's, I think that's just your mind playing games with you, isn't it? And your, your nerves getting the better of you. Yeah. So, Same as a passenger then? Passenger slightly different. Um, yeah, as a passenger, you, you're more focusing, uh, it's been a while like that, <laughs> you're more focusing on trying to get yourself out of the wind, trying to stay low. Um, in the earlier days, it was like, at what point am I going to start feeling my arms start burning, and at what point am I going to start feeling the feeling the stress? You know, because it's a tough job passenger around there. So yeah, you know, you know, at some point you're going to start start breathing through your through your backside. So you, you you're just waiting for that moment. So. How tiring is it? I've I've done a lap, one lap only, <clears throat> and only a parade lap, not at your your guy's pace. But um, I found it really physical. But I just put that down to hanging on too tight and being flipping, you know, a little bit scared. Yeah. yeah is yeah. it really physical? It is physical, so you've got to be strong. So that, that, make no mistakes, the lads are strong, but at the same time, they're clever in terms of getting their body positioning on the bike. So they'll have, they'll be wedged in with the heel or the toe, mm. or or some little part of the body will be hanging on, so they can relax the grip on the arms, you know, so they can actually you know last the distance. And because uh, I mean, I, I've took out passengers in the past at, at club meetings and big strong lads, and they've lasted like two laps, and it's because they're holding on tight, you know, for the yeah. DLF, yeah, dear life. Yeah, the so, same. Yeah. So. so where do, so where did it start then? Uh, we've had um, who have we had on? We've had the Birchills on. We've had Molly on. We've had John Holden on, um, and everyone's got a slightly different story of how they ended up in sidecars because you know sidecars aren't always. In fact, was it John Holden said that he wanted to go down the solo route and he kind of wished he had, but obviously he's had a, a lustrous career in, in sidecars. Oh, but great, yeah. 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 How about yourself? Where did where did I, it come from? I, well. I guess I, I followed my dad. My dad raced sidecars when I was a kid. That explains so everything. Then. There was nothing down for me. Yeah. Now, yeah, now yeah. to be fair to my dad, I, I, I actually my, one of my main hobbies when I was younger was ice hockey, and that was oh nice. So I, I was big into that, and my dad ran me all over the country going to Great Britain trials and all this kind of stuff. So you know. We, so that was your as a kid. That was your passion. That was your. That was my my big passion as a kid. I loved the ice hockey. Yeah, it was brilliant. You know, and, and I did, did relatively well at it. You know, we, mm. we had a good thing. But that, you, you come to the point there where actually you're going to make some serious money, or you, you're going to be an ice hockey player for the rest of your life and there's no know. money at ice hockey then obviously for some lads for some lads I, I don't think I was good enough to make make professional money like some of the guys you know I think so. you're in the wrong country for ice hockey aren't you, you yeah, need to be over in America. America or Canada haven't you so any yeah. stories to tell us from that you know what any because obviously you've seen stuff on the telly and something on the films all the big fights that happen and slapping with the sticks and no no I'm a lover not a fighter you don't have fighter. a face like this with your fighter do you come on <laughs> <laughs> oh mate that's why yeah. I asked no <laughs> <laughs> Oh no, we had, we had some great times. The ice hockey was brilliant. Yeah, so we, you know, we had some wild wild times as well, should we say? But no, but the racing, you couldn't you couldn't really get away from it if your dad was doing it. So you were yeah. you were exposed to it. But do you know what? You never forced me into it. And you never. Yeah. You never, but I, I love going in the garage with my dad, and I love watching him. You know, because he never had a lot of money when he, when we were growing up, and uh, we had five kids. That was his own doing, but yeah, that's, that's another oh, story. <laughs> but, uh, five yeah. kids in a racing career—that's yeah. yeah. a lot of spare time, obviously. Yeah. Well, <laughs> some might say he used to use the uh, child child support agency for his fund his racing, but that's a different story. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, anyway. Um, so, but yeah, so he never forced it into it. But you know, you could guarantee when my dad went racing, there'd be a van full of kids sat on the bike, you know, on the way there. So he yeah, used to take maybe. us all there. And, um, um, we were like feral kids, you know. I think everyone knew us as a bloody, bloody fans kids running around the paddock again <laughs> with no clothes on or no shoes on or whatever, yeah. But, <laughs> but, but your dad had a decent outfit. Uh, well, oh, no. <laughs> sometimes, yeah, sometimes. But um, 
Yeah, no, so he never forced us into it, but I just, I just, we just loved going with him when I was a kid. So where was his know? passion from then? How did he get into it? Well, that is, that is a good story, to be fair. So my dad, um, my dad always, my dad always said what, how he got into it. He said he was he used to take, he used to ride a Triumph Bonneville to some of these meetings, which was the dumb thing, and he just had a tarpaulin which he'd throw over his bike, and he'd sleep on the one side of the bike, and my mum would sleep under the other. And that just was as that. a fan. No, it was a, a racing. Oh, it was a racer. Yeah, so he used to, yeah, so he used to take the bike there, race, race this this old Triumph Bonneville, which my mum bought him for a wedding present, by the way. Brilliant. Um, and then they'd, they'd sleep under either side of this this bike, and but my mum said she was sick of riding home from race meetings with like bits of foot hangers in her hand and yeah. <laughs> to the bike, you know, hanging off. So, um, so my dad had 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 been at Alton Park one weekend, and he'd same again. He'd, he'd been the bike, and he was stood at Lodge Corner watching watching the, the sidecars come round. And he said mm. he, he he just spotted Pip Harris at the time, who was the who was the man. And uh, yeah. he said he, he seen Pip Harris come round Lodge, and he said he had the biggest smile on his face. And he said, "I'm going to do that." And that was that. And he did. He cool. built built his own sidecar, and away he went. Never the, looked back. This is what I find fascinating about sidecars: is they're not readily available to just go and pick up in a shop, no. like a motor, like a solo is. It's yeah. It's yeah. something that you've got to you've got to have a passion for engineering and and the yeah. technical aspect of a of a of an outfit rather than just purely go I want that and go and buy one. Yeah, yeah, uh, uh, yeah. For most of us, like you say, we, we're, we're that passionate. We'll, we'll we'll buy even if we bought a bike because you can buy. There's there's a couple of good boys there, you know, yeah. that making them. So you, you can buy a bike and then you'd still probably end up making your own little tweaks and your own bits to it. That's yeah. what we do. But again, it's they're not in. They're, you can't drive past a shop and see one and go, oh yeah. You no. have to be exposed to it at the race circuit, or like you have with your with your dad. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. You've, so, so, how was your dad's passion with the TT? Um, so, so dad did the T for tw- TT for about twenty five years. Mm. Yeah, so he, he loved it. Yeah, and it, but it, and it was always he always turned it into a big summer holiday for us. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we always went to the TT every year for you know the whole the whole. The whole clampets, should I say, all hanging out the back of the transit van, <laughs> you can imagine. So, yeah, it was two, two weeks in the TT. And genuinely, that was our... My mum's mum lived over there as well, in the Isle of Man. Oh, nice. So, uh, so we doubled it up, you know, to, to go over and see her. But genuinely, that was like our summer holiday for years. And I was that naive when I when I kind of left school and that. I met a girl when I was about 19 or something like that, and she said, you know, are we having a summer holiday this year? And I was like... Yeah, of course, we're having a summer holiday. TT, of course, two weeks in the TT. I've never set foot off the UK in my life. Brilliant. I was that naive, but yeah, I did eventually get a beach holiday at some point, I think. Did you take her to to TT? Oh, yeah, yeah. Did she enjoy it? Yeah, I think she did, actually, yeah. Who who doesn't enjoy the TT? Oh, exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's unbelievable, that. So you're over there as as a kid, you're watching your dad race. Do they, like, we've heard in the past kids that have gone, like John McGuinness and, 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 other people, you're almost left to your own devices while they're, you know, their fathers or, Do, or doing the thing. They're yeah, doing the yeah, thing. Was that right. was that it? Did you pretty much? Yeah. Do you spend pretty a lot much. of time watching the racing, going to yeah, yeah, different places yeah. to watch? Yeah, we, well, I, I love being around the pits because there was always so much going on around the pits. You know, back in the, the 80s, there was it was just manic. It was it, there was so much calamity and chaos. And, yeah. And and people prank pranks. You know, in the paddock. <laughs> it, it, honestly, it was just a great place to grow up. You know, there, there was so much going on. You know, some of the the, the the stunts my dad used to pull on some of the other teams, and and they'd pull on him, and it, it was just it was magical. And then some of the solo lads would get involved, and you know, what, what, what are they doing to each other? Oh, you, well, we had one year um, that my dad my dad had a, a, a an official rule that he wouldn't lend any tools out of his kit, and and the sidecar lads do lend a lot of tools off yeah. each other, spurs, anything. 
he wouldn't lend a single thing unless somebody sung him a song. It was notorious, and it went on for a couple of years, actually. It was that popular. <laughs> but uh, all the other teams cottoned onto it. But, but the beauty of it was somebody would come round and asked to lend a tool. And if you said, no, go on, yeah, go on, I'll lend it. You need to sing a song. And the minute they said no, somebody would shout, we've got a singer. So, so, so the longer you delayed singing your song, the more spectators you got in to come and watch. <laughs> and uh, probably the most the most memorable one I had is because um, we didn't just help each other races out; we'd help the public out. Yeah. And uh, one year, a big, big, early Hell's Angel turned up oh, with dear. a with a frame that was broken, normal bike frame, snapped his headstock or something. Cool. And my dad welded it all up for him and done it. Went to give it him back, and the guy said, "Go on, how, how much do you owe you?" My dad said, "No, nope, nothing. You'll sing us a song." And the guy said, oh, I'm not singing your song. And everyone's thinking, oh, no, where's this going, Dad? Don't, don't do <laughs> yeah. it. But he, he stuck by his guns. And after about 15 minutes of uh, debating and about 250 people descending on our camp, this hell's angel sang Bar Bar Black Sheep to everyone. That <laughs> <laughs> oh, is a brave man. I'd have let him take it. I'd have paid him to take it. <laughs> so, yeah, so gr- growing up in the, in, in the 80s was... So where was the, where was the best place to go and watch for uh, as you as a spectator? Um, well, I, I was quite lucky because my mum, be, having lived in the Isle of Man, kind mm. of had a bit of a, a house about how to get round. And so, so what <laughs> what we used to do is I'm laughing because there's another story to that one. But um, we she'd she'd pick us up and she'd say, right, we'll go and watch at Braddon Bridge. Okay, mum, we'll go watch at Braddon Bridge. And what we'd do, we'd go to Braddon Bridge, and then. As soon as my dad went through Braddon Bridge, we'd jump in the car and shoot straight straight back up the road and then we'd watch from Cronknamona then as mm-hmm. he'd come back round the other way. And the reason she did that was because my dad broke down that often. If we didn't get him twice on the first lap, we wouldn't very often see him. So. <laughs> oh, brilliant. But, Not geez, a lot of confidence there. But yeah, so, so I was quite blessed as a, as a young boy because my mum would ferry us around yeah. in the car, bomb it around, you know. So that was it. You, you kind of had no choice but to, but to get into it. Yeah. And you say your, your dad had five kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got uh, three brothers and a sister. All three brothers race, or yeah, yeah. Know... all three brothers Did you? race. Did yeah, you all there's, race? There's, there's one black sheep that's into two wheels, Steve. So yeah, he's <laughs> mad to your heart. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah once a bit sense in the family. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you might say that. Yeah. <laughs> so we've got yourself. Uh, so me, me older brother Chris. I used to race with Chris. Chris and Alan back in the early two thousand. Well, early ni- late nineties, early two thousands. Yeah. We did the world world super side together. Um, I, that was when I was in my passenger days, and then yeah. me. I've got another brother, then Steve. Steve, who's into two wheels, so they, he's a bit of a bike collector, bike collector, stroke hoarder. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, yeah, then it's myself, and then my younger sister Han, uh, and then Al, obviously, who, yeah. who, who you know, who's uh, who's going to be hot on my heels this year, I think. Those younger days, obviously, when you're all like flipping. Um, uh, young wild things running around the Isle of Man, watching Dad. How, how soon did it become apparent? It was going to be. Was your target to race around the Isle of Man TT? I, I always did had it in my head. You know, when when I started riding road bikes and stuff, I always had, which is like sixteen years. Well, yeah, it's, yeah. it's earlier than that, isn't it? If you unofficially, um, but yeah, I always had it in my head. I was going to um, as soon as I was eight because the ruling was you had to be eighteen to do the TT. So that, that was that was it. So I thought, right, as soon as I'm eighteen, I'll I'll do it. And sure enough, you know, I turned eighteen in '96, I think, and then yeah, '97. I was able to do it, so... 18 years old. So, yeah. McGiddy says, you know, 18, 19, 20, 21. You're still... Again, it might be slightly different for, for sidecars, but it says you're still too young to, to, to really get 
what you need out of the TT. Yeah, he's quite strike one, you know, strong-minded with that. I think, <clears throat> which, and, and it's right, mm. right. Obviously, obviously, there's a lot of bravado, especially on the solo. Yeah, um, yeah. you know, to, uh, being a, probably a little bit too young and wild, but you know, when when you were growing up and running running rings around the Isle of Man, uh, watching the old man, were you? Did you have to go and help him as well in the paddock? Well, yeah, yeah. Well, it didn't yeah. have to. You know, we, like I said, never forced to do anything. Mm. I, had a, I had a great childhood, but yeah, we, we were always invited to come and help. But it, my dad always had his, generally always had a really good f- supporter. You know, we had he had Big Phil and Bunter and Beef and some of these other guys who were, you know, who were great. All of them passed away now, bless them, but they were all great mechanics. So we had his support. So generally, he'd farm us out. So we'd find out who's, yeah. who's not got a mechanic and say, oh, Pete will help you out for the week. Go on, yeah. get over there, lad. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, again, it's, it was just being part of the action, wasn't that's, it? Yeah, that's a good way, of, I guess, again, of learning the trade as well, isn't it? It's, yeah, yeah. Well, what you tend to find, especially in sidecars, is every driver, every passenger is involved in putting that machine together. It's not like a, a factory solo where the rider, like John, for instance, rocks up and just... Cocks his leg over, sets off, and and does it. Although John, again, John gets involved in his own team as well, doesn't he? So yeah, very much. So. You know, you you do, you do tend to find that sidecars, the mechanics are the rider, yeah, the yeah, the, the passenger all, as well. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. So you kind of need to you need to have that um, that knowledge. Maybe that's what gives it gives the sidecars that little bit of you know the age profile is slightly slightly higher with the yeah. sidecars because most of them are owning their own bikes and. Mm-hmm. Servicing them, I don't, I don't know. Are you naturally kind of mechanically minded anyway? Yeah, I am. Yeah, I'm an engineer at work, so yeah, yeah. 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 Well, I say, I say that anyone watching this well, video, he's not a bloody engineer, he sits behind the desk half the time. Ah, yeah, exactly. We uh, we chatted before the start of the podcast, he said I'm an engineer. I'm thinking, oh, I might make something cool, fabrications of something you know to do with the sidecars, drills holes in the floor to make salt. I didn't even know how they made salt. Do you know how they made salt? You drill holes <laughs> in the right. floor. <laughs> so I thought this wasn't going in. No, 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 it is because it's fascinating. I mean, it wasn't, but it was. Well, I don't drill holes in it. I'm saying that's how, that's you how we get our You tell people how to drill, yeah, drill yeah. holes. So we solution mine, yeah. We drill drill down about 300 metres and then we inject water into the cavity and that turns the salt, the, the rock salt or whatever, the, the salt strata into brine and then we pump the brine two or three miles across land into our factory. Did Dr- you know that? Purify you it, dry it out. You learn something new. There it day. is, ready for your chips. So there you go, when you're pouring your chips, uh, when you're pouring your salt on your chips, it's you probably be, come from Pete. No, I thought it'd come out of the sea. No? Well, there is some that you can get some out of the sea, but I mean, would you would you drink seawater? Not from Skeggy. <laughs> Not from Skegg Vegas. <laughs> I've drunk worse. <laughs> That's, it's pretty interesting, though, yeah, to a, de- to is, a degree. Is, yeah, yeah. What was yeah. the other thing we were going to mention? Oh, I haven't got a clue. There was something else. What was it now? I'm not telling you, because that was boring as well. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That's the other thing. Show us your hand. There you go. I've given you a good half an hour to come up with an amazing story, because I said to you, what have you done to your hand? It must have been racing. It wasn't racing. Yeah, well, I was I was learning to do backflips on my motocross bike. Right? So, <laughs> oh. <laughs> so now he knows I'm lying already. <laughs> uh, yeah. Go on. I know, I still haven't thought of anything interesting. <laughs> All right, so how did you do it then? I fell off some steps. Brilliant. Get out. <laughs> yeah. oh, you, you, you could have bigged it up a little I bit. Know, I was, I've, been, I've been racking my brains after he said. Flying round yeah. the TT yeah. course at stupid speeds, yeah. falls off a set of steps and, and sprains his wrist. Yeah, well, so when you kicked off then with the sidecar job, um, you know, after watching the old man and everything uh, around the TT course and other places, how did you make a decision of passenger and not driving at the time? 
Um, well, me, me, or was, did it just kind of fall into? Yeah, it? I fell into it in a, in a way. Yeah, I wanted to drive, but like I say, you 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 need to be quite committed as a driver because you you know you put a lot into it. So, um, and I'm not saying I wasn't committed when I was a passenger, but you know maybe I was a little less uh, less committed and uh, liked to party a bit more. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't uncommon for Chris to drag me out of someone's awning at night, uh, you know seven o'clock in the morning. You know, for... oh, get out! <laughs> no. <laughs> Can't say that because the ACU will be listening. But no, never did. Never drunk or anything before a race. But it's fine. It's all done now. That's yeah. not what you like. Exactly. Now. Yeah. Yeah. I'm professional now. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, right yeah. But, uh, but yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, yeah. So I jumped on with Chris, my, my brother. Who, Chris was brilliant because he was dead, dead technically minded, and he, you know, he, we, we had a, we had quite a good uh, good teamwork to be honest. Because I, I I was I started off as an apprentice engineer, so I was into all using the laves and the milling machines. So I used to make bits for the bike and stuff. So yeah, worked out really well. And Chris was always had a good good idea of what he wanted and how the bike would set up and you know so uh, yeah we, we had a good little team to be honest and then we, we managed to pull it off to get enough sponsorship to go and do the world series so you know when uh, that was in the like the foggy and the colin edwards days so yeah, yeah. brilliant yeah you were a lot so it was, it was alongside world superbikes yeah so it used to be alongside that, yeah. uh 500s and yeah, kind of, it yeah. Was, from my memory it, you correct me but it was you know alongside the 500s to the webster days and yeah, so on right, and, then, yeah. and then it went super side super side uh, yeah we uh, were superbikes yeah. oh yeah quite a strong time yeah which was a real strong championship then it was probably yeah, stronger yeah, was than good. gps to a certain degree for for some of it yeah, yeah was it oh it was yeah, competitive yeah. yeah massive yeah. Oh mega! So you so you're you're drawing you you know you're racing alongside those like you say Foggy and, and Edwards and uh, just before the Bailey era I guess. Um, yeah, no, I was during the Bailey series. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So you, you're, you're dragging in some big crowds. You watched, oh, you know, it was, it was, yeah, you you've know, got awesome, some crowds. Yeah, you know, it, was quite, it wasn't uncommon for the sidecar lads once we'd had our race or whatever. Or if we weren't at the end of the day, if we were early, we'd, as soon as we finished, it was pack up and get into the grandstand and watch the race. You know, it's great. Yeah, mega. Oh, yeah, yeah, mega. So, so where was your first ever experience as a passenger then? Surely it wasn't just going down Braille. First ever experience as a passenger as a on a sidecar ever. Yeah. Well, I'd, I'd probably jumped on with my dad a few times at JB oh, right. Airfield and places like that, mm -hmm. you know. Um, so, yeah, I'd done that. The first actual race was, I can't remember the guy's name. but And there's never aggro from mother or anything, you know, jumping on the youngster oh, and no, no negative. She, she's... She's someone special, my mum. <laughs> how she puts up with it, I don't do not know. <laughs> ah, yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, no, never. It's always just encouragement. So yeah, that's exactly what you need, isn't it? Can't falter. Yeah. Go on then, first race. So uh, three sisters. Oh, a sidecar yeah. around there. Yeah, yeah. Wigan. Yeah. Bloody hell. On a T T Z three fifty. Scary enough on a on that a was interesting. on a. I used to race Supermoto there. Did a bit of racing. Yeah, I've never been. I've never yeah. been. Yeah. It's a, it's a blooming good circuit for a Supermoto yeah. or a go kart. Yeah, I yeah. couldn't think of putting anything else on there though, especially well, a sidecar. I've not been there for years and years, and funny enough, I hired it last yeah last year to run some engines in, just to mm. take the bike up there and run some engines in. I'd forgotten how tight and twisty yeah. it was. You know, I don't think I got out of fourth, third or fourth it's, gear. Mm, I think. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 And I, I, Is I it still raced on now? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Is it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah you want to do bits and pieces. Yeah, it's, it's like the TT, but completely the opposite. <laughs> tight, twisty, and very, very small. That's unbelievable. So how did you get on so, in your first race? Uh, I can't remember. Can't oh, remember. clearly not that good. Not not, not that well, no. <laughs> I, no I was going to Steve. Uh, Steve, am I right in thinking that you won your first race? No, I won a race at my first meeting. Oh, sorry. Get in there. Where at? Where was it? Do you know what? You know, I, I remember on Rob Mack's podcast, we are flipping talking about, Rob was talking about his first meeting, which was Cabell Park, because we are both close to Cabell. And... Uh, I'm terrible. I can't remember flipping names or dates or uh, history. Oh, I'm, I'm terrible. Make me like feel that. better anyway. <laughs> and then uh, March the thirteenth, nineteen ninety-four. 
Meant March thirteenth, March thirteenth, nineteen. It was cold then, wasn't it? Flipping cold, yeah, real cold. Anyway, I wanna, I wanna, yeah, Cadwell Park, out and, yeah, yeah, On club what? circuit, Cadwell. Six hundred. As a newcomer, then you could only race maximum CC was six hundred CC. So I raced that, but I raced the six hundred races and uh, was fairly quick in them. And then uh, I didn't realise at the time, but you could pay some extra money and go in the open race, which is any CC, which is what I did, and that was the race I won. Yeah, really? Yeah. Got yeah. Did you did you take any scalps? Is there any big names that you beat there? That yeah, there's a couple. I can't remember names to. There's a. He's actually a good mate of mine. A guy called Tim Cavill, and he was on a. He'd have been on after R thousand, and then there's a kid from York Suzuki on the next Whitam uh, Suzuki. Yeah, so a little bit of luck involved, but yeah, it's flipping. For me, for me, it was like winning Grand Prix. Oh, I bet it was. First time out because I had yeah. no intention of doing it for a living or anything. It was just purely to stop riding on the road like a lunatic. That was the reason why I went racing. Draws you there. in though, don't you? I bet that no, was, like was like a hook. Uh, yeah, that was it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Right, my first, first meeting, boom. Keep yeah. doing it. Without, without realising it. Because <clears> yeah. you don't yeah. kind of have a direction in, do you? It's just, you, you ride the wave, don't you? You're yeah. just sort of flipping out. out. You know, a bit of a problem. I'm guessing the same as in your time. You flip in, turn up with your with your tranny van, whatever it is, in their caravan, and you got 17 people sleeping in the two-bed yeah, caravan <laughs> in the clubhouse all night long. Yeah. You know, but yeah, good times. Yeah. Right, let's wrap up part one here. We're going to get into your driving days. We're going to move right up until uh, 2022, talk about 2022, and then the future of your uh, TT career. See you next week.